into the contest. It's Friday the 3rd of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, how are you? I'm great, Timmy. I can't wait for Origin, actually. I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing a function, a couple of functions uh, today. One tonight with Benny Elias, who, of course, is got to be the most hated bloke in Queensland when it comes to State of Origin. <laughs> I, I, I love that story he tells when he went to get a cab in Brisbane and the cab driver said, you look a bit like Benny Elias, don't you? He goes, yeah, I am. I am. He goes, get out of my cab. I'm not taking you anywhere. <laughs> and he goes back to the edge of the cab rank, gets in the next cab. The cab driver goes, he looks like Benny Lies. He goes, oh, no, mate, no, 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 I just look like him. <laughs> mate, he's the kind of guy that actually loves being hated, so it's uh, it, it suits well for everyone. Oh, what a player he was, the mighty, mighty, bouncing Benny Elias. It's Friday, so that means we have Shad Wicker, of course, Brisbane comedian, rugby league lover, and Luca Muller, Melbourne comedians, with us as well. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Shane, look, all my English mates were... uh... (laughs) On the phone, dee, 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 beep, 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 beep. Oh, what about this? What about this cracking start for the English cricket team? Day one against New Zealand. They went through them, but then it all went south. It sure did, mate. A good mate of mine, Arby, was asking me for some tips on the cricket and my thoughts. And I said, well, New Zealand was $3.60 at the start of the game. And I said, mate, I'd be taking a piece of that. Well, New Zealand won the toss and decided to bat, Tim. All out for 132. Colin de Grand home, which means, I think means big, big man, big house or big man in French, scored 42. Um, James Anderson back to his old bests. Uh, he's still bowling well. Four for 66 off 16 overs. And it was Matthew Potts making his debut. His first test match um, to make your debut at Lords is a very, very special thing. He took four for 13. But then it all fell over then. England decided they were going to bat. They started off batting well. Um, I think it was Lees who scored 25 and Crawley, the openers, 43. And then Southie, Bolt and, and Kyle Jemison, the three quicks for New Zealand, took two wickets each. And uh, England, seven for 116 at stumps. So yeah. this game is in the balance. Absolutely. Yeah, what a first day. 17 wickets on day one. Mm. And a really nice uh, tribute in the 23rd over where they gave a standing ovation to the great Shane Keith Warne. Yeah, lovely, lovely tribute um, at the home of cricket. And they named the commentary box the Shane Warne commentary box, which is a nice tribute. But a 23-second standing applause. And um, the whole the whole ground stopped, including the players, stood there uh, and clapped to Warnie as they brought up images of him on the uh, on the big screen. And, um, yeah, he was much loved around the world, in particular in England. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I watched that this morning. It was a really nice touch. Yeah. This is Afternoon Sport. Coming up next, it is Brisbane Comedian. Shadwicker. I 
must admit, I really do love this Friday. I do love it, and I talk to Shad Wicker every Friday, the Brisbane comedian. He loves his rugby league just like we do. And I tell you what, thank God he's not a Gold Coast fan. He goes for every other team apart <laughs> from the Gold Coast. How are you, Shad? G'day, mate. Oh, bloody hell. What a lovely morning for the Cowboys, hey? Yeah. <laughs> How good is it? They like, they didn't have a lot of players in there, but they still managed to make the Titans look like absolute losers. What a disappointment they've been this year. Five of them were out last night, but uh, Tim was just saying off air, and I agree, they're, they're really playing for each other. Mm, yeah, this Cowboys team has a bit of a belief in it that uh, I think was very much missing after Thurston left, you know, and especially Morgan. Yep. Seems to be like a good leadership group around there, and dare I say it, it's not – it, you know what's good about this team, actually, is that it used to be so Tom Alolo-centric. Everything was about him. Everything was about, oh, what's he as the captain? What's he going to do? Where's he going? But, you know, he came back, but this is a side that doesn't really necessarily need Tom Alolo to win. They're yeah. a good team with some good heads in there. It's looking great. Yeah, Chad Townsend's been a good buy for them. And, and the Gold Coast, the amount of times they, they looked – threatening and, and they just don't seem like they know how to score tries. They really don't. Uh, it was interesting to watch your Queenslanders Queenslander, all the uh, the origin side, Billy Slater and the whole gang was in one of the boxes watching on. Mate, so good. So good. Loving the team bonding that's happening at the moment. A bit risky to be on the Gold Coast for it. I'm not going to lie, but uh, that's fine. That's all right. He knows what he's doing there. Hey, Shad, I get excited this time of year. I, I, I go into State of Origin camp myself. I've just cleaned my boots last night. I've disinfected mm. my mouth Ooh, guard and my blues <laughs> Jersey has been um, has been dry cleaned. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. The teams are out. Oh, mate, you're all right, mate. Come on. Uh, look, uh, interesting, interesting calls in the side. I'd be f- uh, fascinated to find out what your thoughts are, boys, on the uh, Origin mm. teams that have been selected. Your centres aren't going to stay the same, are they? Whiten's not going to be wearing the centres jersey. He's going to be in the 14 by the time the game starts. Surely. Mm, I don't know about that. I-, I think that he offers that element of experience and look they've picked a, a 17 and as you know like um, there's every chance uh, Ben Hunt might not start at hooker either so look there, there's still a, a few ducks and drakes that could be played from either side that is the way it goes with state of origin right up until an hour before the start of the game one thing I do think is that they look very very evenly matched mm. yeah I think uh, I think this will be a, an interesting origin to see how this shapes out I think the biggest I mean, how about this? I'll say a reason why you guys will win, and you say a reason why my guys will win. How do you feel about that? Do I have to? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, straight away, the the biggest thing I pointed out, because I felt the same, the teams look quite evenly matched. They're both sides mm-hmm. that have kind of been picked on form. I mean, Queensland, you lose your jersey rather than earn one when it comes to Queensland origin. So that's why you know, people like Pong, who haven't been playing amazing, still get that jersey. But the, you can't understate how important it is having this combination of the halves and out on the wing with Toto that you guys have, I think that's going to be a really big key factor in the game because when push comes to shove and it is a bit tight, those guys are just going to know where each other are and it's what we had an advantage of when we won. How many was it again? Lots. Lots. Was it like 11? Oh, you see why it's it's hard to remember. It's a long time ago. (laughs) But uh, but I think adversely, mate, to that, I think that's where it's going to be lost – for you guys, I think with DCE, I just think, you know, he does get the job done sort of week in, week out, but it's it's, it's getting less and less, I think. And uh, Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't my choice. No, when I picked my no. side, I didn't pick him in the halves and, and I copped a lot for it because, you know, obviously he's the captain. You need someone else. But I reckon Kurt Capewell can take over those duties now. But um, I would have preferred if I was picking entirely off form was going, hey, 
it's time to make the Munster hunt combination work for mm. this side. Yep. Get him in there, get him going. And if DCA has to be in the squad, then put him back in the 14. But I think we've got we've got enough great players there right now that, you know, Hunt's kicking game is so on point this year. Munster is doing such a great job down at the Storm. Yep. DCE is actually not not doing that great no, at not. Manly at the moment. And his kicking game, if you put him up against uh, Hunt, I'd take Hunt's at the moment over his yep. by yeah, a lot. and look – I think if you're asking us how how can Queensland win, well, they, they'll win by playing better, obviously. But I think Cameron Munster is the type of guy that can grab the game by the scruff of the neck. So he he is an enormous threat. And and as you just mentioned before, Ben Hunt, he's leading the way on the Dallyams and they've got a very good forward pack. Uh, look, I hope New South Wales win 3-0. I really do. Um, but um, we'll wait and see. Now, the, the under-19 teams have been picked too. Yeah, this one's a weird one. Don't, what a big cash grab for the NRL, I feel. Like, they must have uh, still have pretty big hotel bills after COVID. The under-19s game is just a curtain raiser, but now they've come out saying they're going to make it a standalone game. It's this big idea. Now, you wouldn't think much of an under-19s game, but there's a little caveat. It's 19 slash 20s. Have you seen this? They can no. pick four marquee players that are under 20s to play in these squads. And the reason for that is it's it's quite there blatantly in the press release from the NRL. It's so the players like Suwali, Mam, and Walsh can still play for this under-19 squad. Even Cobbo could t- turn around and play four Origins this year because of the wow. age difference. So it's purely to try and get some eyes on this game and try and get some money, I guess, through sponsorship. But what a weird little move from the NRL when I'm sitting here going, don't bother making a spectacle out of the under-19s game. Give the women three games. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Well, the, well, the women have already, they've gone ahead and, and made it two games. So I think that that's a step up from what what last year was. But I, I, I think they can be. Mu- you are I right. Think, two is bigger yeah, than one. Exactly, last time I checked. <laughs> but I, look, I think they can be mutually exclusive. I, I do like the idea. I, I don't mind being the nemesis on this one. I do like the idea of trying to foster um, the younger age groups and and, nah. and and moving that along the road. Anyway, we 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 can agree to dis- no, like, I, I, no. Before we go on that, I think the thing is with that is there is already an under game. This already exists. You're trying to make it into a spectacle. And I think that it's a risk by the NRL of of possibly watering down what is already a huge product Mm. for you. And I think you kind of overstep when you decide to start making these little stuff like, what's next? We're going to do the under-16s? Are we going to bring residencies back, are we? Like, what are we doing? I reckon just to get DCE a little bit of um, form under his belt, pick him in the (laughs) under-19s. And then he gets his form on the board. He can dominate some kids like he normally does when he plays shit teams. And then get him back in the state of origin for game two. That's what I do. But I will, I will, I will say this: that they did say in 1980 when it was mate versus mate that it wouldn't work either. So um, you know, sometimes you got to trick things up a little bit. You got a little bit of dolphin news. I know they're one of your teams. <laughs> oh, mate! I mean, tell me what, this team's starting to sh- take shape, isn't it? We all called yeah. this. We all picked this at the beginning of the year. Like, this will trickle out. Eventually, it'll start looking like a decent side. Um, they've, what I've been told by some people uh, here in Brizzy and in Morton Bay was that they've got a whole bunch of signings they've already done and they're just trickling it out and just letting little right. bits out. So this Madison signing from uh, the Eels is like the perfect moment to release it. What a coincidence that you just happen to sign him just as he gets named as an origin player. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. They're being quite creative with what they're doing with this side. But I think at some point, boys, we're going to have to sit down and go through what will soon be a completed side. I know that the biggest gaping hole has not been 
addressed yet, which is what is happening with this spine. <laughs> like they've got the old dogs forwards, they've got a couple of decent backs with you and Aiken there now as well. But what is happening with the halves? Well, worst case scenario, you can still play in the sevens competition because you've got seven <laughs> players now. I think so. That's good. I think it's going to be interesting. There's a there's um a couple of Broncos. I can't like I will not say who, but there's a couple of Broncos that I know are uh, in proper like proper move to Dolphins territory situations at the moment. And one of the reasons a couple of these guys haven't done it yet is because uh, a lot of them saw what happened with Asako and how, you know, as soon as you decided to go, you were going to go to Dolphins, which is a rival team, they just basically remove you from the squad. It's time to go then. If you're not bought in, you're out. And because the Broncos are doing so well right now, I think there's a couple of players that don't want to let anything slip about a possible departure up north because this is a side that looks like it should be going to finals footy, which means Payne Haas needs to shut the hell up and just get on board. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 of course, you are the number one ticket holder for, 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 for Wayne Bennett. I'll tell you what I am. I'm number one ticket holder for Suncorp. Yeah, well, you've got a lot, a lot of tickets. <laughs> you more, more clubs than Tiger Woods. You have, a, you have a good weekend, my friend. No worries, lads. Enjoy yourselves. Hey, Shano, have you heard our new podcast, What I'm Backing and Why, thanks to the great people at Bluebet? Well, that's right, mate, and uh, I actually listened to it and, and backed those as well, so it's worth listening to on your way up to the shops to, to buy your milk and bread and get your tips in the morning. It's great. Yeah, yeah, What I'm Backing and Why, thanks to Bluebet, of course, uh, comes out today. All right, next on Afternoon Sport, it is Luca Muller, of course, our favourite Melbourne comedian. Friday time, Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. So much happening in the world game, so much happening in the AFL. How are you, Luca? Uh, yes, good, mate. It's true. Plenty happening. It's all going on. How are you? Luca, we are great, mate. Let's start with a bit of uh, – going to get you a wrap-up for the Champions League. There's some excitement there and a bit happening with the fans as well. Yeah, absolutely. This was me up at uh, 4 a.m. last week to watch Liverpool against Real Madrid in the freezing cold <laughs> down here in Melbourne. Yes. Um, unfortunately for me, Real Madrid did take the chockies there. They won 1-0 in a game that Liverpool honestly sort of did dominate, especially in the first half. I think uh, Real Madrid had one shot on target and it was their goal, but good for them. But after the game, all the talk is about, uh, yeah, there's a bit of controversy surrounding how the Liverpool fans were treated. There was a bit of a bottleneck with the fans trying to get in. Everyone was running late. Uh, the start of the game was actually pushed back by almost 40 minutes to allow everyone wow. time to get to their seats. And the security out there was bad as well. There's a few different groups of fans who were pepper sprayed and stuff like that. It's pretty ugly. Uh, the mayor of Liverpool actually was on his way to the game and got pickpocketed, have his uh, wallet and phone <laughs> stolen. So he tried to get in he went up to security and said i'm the mayor of liverpool yeah let me in and so they googled him found a photo go all right cool and they told him hey you go up to this part and jump the fence over there and he did that and a different security guard saw him doing that and apprehended him and said mate you can't jump the fence <laughs> but he got it eventually but yeah a bit of a mess there at the old uh, start to france in paris <laughs> yeah a couple of couple of uh, difficult weeks or a week and a half um, for Liverpool after what has been such a, a great season. 
Now, this is a really uh, fascinating game in the AFL tonight, um, the Bulldogs and Geelong. Yeah, that's an absolute ripper. Um, six plays eight, so sort of two good teams, but a little bit on the edge of uh, falling out of the eight there. They'll be scrapping for those sort of five, six, seven, eight ladder positions come the end of the season. Um, yeah, big Friday night blockbuster there. I'm tipping the Cats there, mate, I think. Yeah, I reckon as well. I think they've just got the experience and they've got that sort of big game. Uh, they come to play on the big stage, you know? Yeah. Mate, now the Ds, they've had their first loss since I think it was July last year. Yeah. Um, and they played, the, unfortunately, they're playing the Swans. I never love, I never like playing a team after they've been successful for so long and they have their first loss. They generally come back with all guns blazing and we've got no buddy tonight. Yeah, that's uh, could be a bit tough for the Swannies. But yeah, D's first loss in 17 games after a pretty unreal mm. streak there. Um, yeah, they played awful against Frio last week. I was there and they were just off. Nothing was working. Apparently, Christian Petrarca was sick. Uh, they also yeah. lost all Australian fullback Stephen May to a concussion, so he'll be out for this week as well. Um, and yeah, like you said, Buddy out after absolutely tearing up last week as well. Swans got a great win over the Tigers and Buddy was yeah looking like his old self. Kicked five goals, one streaming in from 60, um, but luckily for the Ds, he also... Um, yeah, punch the Richmond captain in the head. So that's good for us. <laughs> did you think it was a bit ambitious by the Swans to try and fight that one week ban? Yeah. It, it did. It looked pretty obvious, didn't it? I, I was just like, I saw what John Longmire said, and I like him a lot. He said we're going to um, sort of try and question with the intentional element of it, but it looked relatively intentional. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I guess if it's Buddy, you've got to put up a fight and try and keep him in the side. But there didn't seem to be a lot of grey area in that one. Do you do you think you could get a little bit of leniency because Cotcher looks like a bit of a you know, a bit of a boring twat, doesn't he? Surely, surely, surely we can put one on his chin every now and then. I reckon, yeah, he's one of those players as well. He sort of has this nice guy image, but I think he's been on the receiving end of something like nine or ten yeah. like striking charges or something like that. He must really get under people's skin out there. North Melbourne, they've had some wonderful, wonderful days, but boy, they're in the middle of a shit fight. The Kangaroos. Oh, yeah, it's not a good time to be a Kangaroos fan or player or coach or anything. Um, yeah, they <laughs> lost a few of their senior recruiting staff a couple of weeks ago and then their star draft picks, Jason Horn Francis, he put off contract talks to the end of the year, so it looks like they might lose him. But they did respond to that criticism with a 53-point uh, loss to St Kilda, so mm. <laughs> they're looking good. <laughs> and this weekend, they have a chance to make a pretty unique piece of history. They're playing Gold Coast, who since they entered the league in 2011, have a losing record against every team except North Melbourne, who they're currently tied with, eight wins and eight losses over the last 11 years. So if Gold Coast win, they'll be they'll make North Melbourne the only team that they have a winning record over. So not a great piece of history for the Kangaroos to have, but could be interesting anyway. And you think, I'm pretty sure Gold Coast will win, won't they? I would think so, yeah. They've been yeah. playing pretty well this season. And yeah, North yeah. just the one win so far. And that was already eight weeks ago or something like that. Are you feeling the momentum in and around Carlton fans in Melbourne? I know that uh, there's a very high profile people love the Blues and... It's been their best season in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. They are up and about. And it's good to see, to be honest, such a big club with big history, big supporter base. Obviously, they couldn't quite get over the line last week against uh, Collingwood, but sort of hasn't really uh, 
dampen their spirit too much. Um, yeah, they're definitely up and about. They've got the bye this week, but they'll be back next week. And yeah, I expect them to make finals, maybe even push for top four. Yeah, they should win in Dubai. They should get the chocolates there. <laughs> yeah, that's a relatively easy draw these days. <laughs> Are you looking just quickly at any gigs this weekend, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be at Comedy Republic on Friday and Saturday. That's a nice little club in the heart of Melbourne there. Um, cool. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, sounds great, mate. Yeah, sitting fifth as well, Carlton. So, um, yeah, with the bye, that, 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 that's, that's very good going. Uh, 2022 could it be the year of the mighty Carlton Blues. Luca, thanks for that, buddy. Thanks heaps, boys. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you both to Shad Wicker and to Luca Muller and our sponsors, Shana. Fantastic sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And our brilliant producer, Dan McHugh. We're back Monday with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.